Welcome to the Harbinger of Fun podcast. We talk about what makes something fun, why it matters, and how to wield its mighty powers. Let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, my special guest is voice actress and influencer Zelda Diana Black. Hi, Zelda. How you doing? I'm doing okay. So for for those, for the uninitiated, can you speak a little bit to uh, what it is you do in voice acting? Yeah. So I mostly started with influencer stuff in the pandemic. I did voice impressions and which kind of led me to taking voiceover a lot more seriously. So it's a work in progress right now. Right now you can hear me on quite a few Spotify projects. I have a few other things coming up in NDA, but Mostly a lot of stuff, maybe a few commercials. I just did a Canadian commercial recently that is out, Montana's Barbecue. Uh, so you might hear me in Canada. That's pretty much majority of what I can talk about right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, totally understand. Uh, what what got you into doing doing the, the uh, voiceover during the pandemic? Uh, I used to work at Walt Disney World, and I was part of the college program, and that was supposed to be where I was going because I had turned down an acceptance to college because I just knew that I didn't want to do college. So it was kind of like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I'm just going to go to Disney and work there. Then the mm-hmm. pandemic happened and I was home. I didn't have a job because I worked at a restaurant before. So all the restaurants were closed and it was just like, what do I, what do I do? I have no direction in life whatsoever. So I was bored and I was stuck home. And what I used to do way back when was like silly voice impressions and stuff. Like when I was a kid, I had like all these little racers and I would give them different voices and names. And that's what I did. So I just kind of started doing cosplay, which led into voice impressions. And then they blew up. So I just kind of was like, all right, well, I'm maybe I should take this seriously. And here we are. (laughs) That's cool. It's always, it's always, um, I, I think some of the, some people find it hard to do the thing you're passionate about for a living. And it is, there is a disconnect, you know? So it's, it's nice when, when you can finally see that, that possibility opening up. Um, so one on this podcast, I like talking about what makes a product fun and that, that it's, you know, games, movies, TV shows, theater, all that kind of stuff. It's all, they all kind of follow the same rules of, how to make a product fun. I'm curious as to with, you know, with you doing posting a lot of videos on TikTok, what have you noticed resonates with with the users at least on on TikTok? It's so funny because I never thought it would be like I I guess what I'm mostly known for is my Mr. Crocker content. Because I guess, I don't know, I really honestly don't know what it is. It's like one of the most trending things. And I just go on here and I make these videos as Mr. Crocker. And I don't know, maybe it's just because if it's like off, you know, like thwarts people seeing like this face and then getting Mr. Crocker out of it. Or if it's just like, you know, just Mr. Crocker reacting to stuff, if it brings nostalgia sometimes. I recently did a Scary Godmother cosplay. And I don't know, for anybody that knows what that is, everybody was like, oh, the nostalgia makes my heart so happy. And I'm like, yes. Yes. So I think for me, it's just like, I don't, I mean, I do some recent characters like the Owl House and stuff like that, but I feel like people really get that nostalgia, like the Fairly Odd Parents. I loved that show. Okay. So like a lot of callbacks to like famous characters is mm-hmm. sort of what moves the needle the most. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, with Azula too, I mean, she wasn't a new character, but people were like, oh, I love Avatar. And that was at that time 
when kind of like Avatar was really trending again. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was when we heard about the live action being announced that was like was kind of trending again. So I kind of hit it at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. Have you noticed any, because you've done a couple of professional things. Have you noticed, um, is there anything when doing like commercial work that you, that uh, about the creative process? I know, you know, when you're doing creating content on your own, you sort of can work at whatever pace you want. Yeah. But do you, are you allowed that same freedom when you're doing projects like the commercial you're talking about? Uh, I mean, commercials are a lot harder, I feel like, in the sense of like, you're somewhat limited to your creativity. So like when you, when I get something, when I read for a character, I look at the script and sometimes we're blessed with what the character looks like and then sometimes we're not. So I can kind of take a look and like, hmm, I can twist it this way or this scene might be like this, but in my audition, I'm going to make it look like this. So that kind of helps me stand out. With commercial, it's pretty straightforward. Like you don't have as much leeway to make it creative. So uh, I feel like the reason why I, some, why I, like, I book my commercials is I try to do it different because literally with one of the commercials they were like hey you booked it that wasn't what we wanted but could you do it how we want it I'm like yeah so I feel like you know when you have to consider the people that are listening on the other side like listening to tape after tape after tape sometimes you want to I don't all right all right sometimes you want to do it wrong to an extent you know like don't completely mess it up but make a little twist on it where you can find it so when people like sit list sit up and like hey that was different It's very tricky to navigate with commercials, but it's best I can say. (laughs) (laughs) So you try to, so you like, so you improvise a bit of where you feel like the character or what that announcer would say if they were given a little bit of leeway. Yeah. If they were given a little bit of leeway, I mean, like sometimes uh, I read for something that was SPF, but I said, like, because it was like this Valley girl and she was like, oh, you know, it's like 15. And then they thought it was funny. So they're like, hey. You know, that made a stop and think. I was like, oh, that's funny. So, I mean, sometimes you'll get really fun commercials where you can improvise like that. But, you know, most of the times it's like, try this. And then it gives you a little bit less leeway. Right. That's interesting. Do you do you tend to gravitate towards certain characters? Or is there a character that you love sort of playing? Like a type of character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the villains. <laughs> I gravitate towards the mean, evil villains. They're my favorites. They've always been my favorites, uh, and especially since I have like a lower range of voice. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm going to be playing many heroes. I feel like it's just, you know, this has just kind of been, I mean, my, my lower range, honestly, is kind of newer because before I started voiceover, I had a lot higher voice. I could have been playing mm-hmm. kids or teenagers, but I think it was because I exercised my voice so much that it just dropped. <laughs> mm-hmm. But is it also the psychology of the villain that you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I mean, take example for like example, Azula, she, she's a complex character and she's so young at the same time. It's like the way Grey Delisle portrayed her was so iconic because she wasn't outright yelling or, you know, she was just very timid and that's what made her so intimidating. I love watching people approach villains and Mm. it's just, you know, I feel like they're just so fun. (laughs) That's interesting. Um, It's also ironic because your name is Zelda. Yeah, it's just like, the like the video game. <laughs> I was not named after the video game. Might have been Zelda Fitzgerald, if anything, but my parents weren't gamers, so. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's a coincidence. But... Yeah, I don't know. I think they just like the name because, nope, they weren't gamers. They weren't big Legend of Zelda fans. And I only started playing Legend of Zelda during the pandemic. I bought a Switch. <laughs> oh, wow. 
the pandemic had like a lot of uh, life shifting moments for you. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I lived, I used to live in a small town in upstate New York, and because of this platform, it got me the connections and stuff to move to Los Angeles. So it's been it's been great living here. Oh, when did you when did you move here? May. <laughs> so oh, yeah, wow. this is my first year here and everything. Do you do any um when you're when you're thinking about a character or when you're thinking about doing like voice acting when you're, you know, doing like a sketch or anything, do you think about the user at all or do you sort of do what feels right to you? Like how do you how do you approach something like that? So I like to think of it through all sides because I feel like what a lot of people fail to even teach with voice acting is you have to know everything that goes on. I like to know everything and everyone in the studio. I mean, there's, I've only been in studio once. I want to go more, but I like to make it a point to know from all sides of the perspective. I have a friend that's an audio engineer. I have a friend that's a character designer. So I like to know, like, what do you like? I really like to get in their heads like, okay. For audio engineers, like, what can I do to make your life easier? Because that's what's going to make you people want to bring you back. You know, like when you make life easier for everybody. Uh, but with characters, I sometimes, when I get the character, like when I get the picture of the character, I like to look at like all the features. Like, do they have braces? Do they have like ratty hair? Are they tall, short? I also like to look at the colors. So. I was voicing this blue girl and, you know, like she was blue in the skin and she had purple hair. So when you look at the colors, you know, animators don't just throw colors for no reason. They don't just like poof, poof, poof. They they put those colors for a reason. So I'm like, okay, purple. Purple's like wisdom and blue can sometimes symbolize sadness or wisdom. So maybe this character is very wise and then I kind of play off of the description and sometimes you get nothing. So like with audio dramas, which is mostly what I'm doing right now with Spotify, uh, I kind of have to think of the character in my head. I have to make it up and just I'm given like two sentences of a description. So and half the time I play like multiple characters in one podcast. So I have to differentiate the tone and I have to, you know, there's a lot to consider, but I like to can take my approach by like with colors and stuff like that, because I feel like a lot of people don't take into consideration like, well, what is the animator thinking and stuff like that? A lot of people are so focused on what would the casting director like, or, you know, you'd just be surprised what, how much you would get eyes on you if you don't focus on that so much. That's interesting. Cause I heard the same thing about, uh, I think his name's Ian McDermott, but he's the guy who played the evil emperor in star Wars. Oh yeah. Uh, his direction was, I think in episode five was that he was just supposed to play like a really, really old guy. And that was kind of it. And so, so the actor, he sort of gave him literally everything else about that you hear and see about the character and mm -hmm. George Lucas liked it apparently. So the, all of that wasn't written out, like how he talks and, and all that. It's just that he was just really, really old. So, yeah. wow. and, and I know a lot of times when I, when I work on stuff, uh, I, I kind of leave it open for interpretation for the creative, for a creative person to say, like, what would this person do or say in this circumstance? Like, mm -hmm. I try to give them enough of a of an infrastructure to base that off, but I don't, I, because I, you know, when I, when I, if I design a character or something, I don't want to also design the dialogue because my, or, or the, 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 the manner of, of how they express themselves a hundred percent, because I, I'm not well-versed in absolutely everything. I would like someone else's eyes on it to see how they interpret it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that, yeah, that is very true. And also like, it's kind of interesting how often that happens because I, I did the animation direction for the first 40 heroes in League of Legends. 
Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, and and they, it was just a piece of art and that was it. Um, and so I had to figure out how they like moved and and all that. And so just based off what that initial concept, concept sketches, I figured out, I gave them like a personality and how they ran and walked and what dances they did and stuff like that. So, um, so I think there, there's definitely room for interpretation. I know some, some places you, you don't want to improvise yeah. a direct script, but yeah, it's uh, kind of tricky sometimes. Like you have to do this fine line of like, when I do my auditions, I want to, I want to like spice it up a little bit. I want to make something different, but you know, if you don't change the direction, you don't change, you don't add words in maybe like little quips, little peaks and valleys of like volume, like where somebody might be quiet in this scene, you can yell in the scene, but like, it's a balance of add a little bit, but don't completely change the script. Yeah. So, so I know that I guess you're still new to the voice acting scene, but uh, where did you, what, what have you studied before? Cause, um, you are quite well versed in the needs of characters and things like that. So is there anything special that you studied or looked into, or is it just, you've always been too passionate about animation? I've honestly, it's new. It's I'm very new to, I did theater my junior and senior year of high school. But other than that, I, I was something that I've always wanted to do, but you know, like it's, I like comfortable. I like stability. I like knowing when my money is coming in. And that's just, you know, like it's, it's a balance. It's tricky with voiceover. And so that was not the type of job that I wanted. So I always kept trying to suppress it, suppress it. But at the end of the day, here we are. So before I was interested in criminal psychology, but I looked at it, I was like, wow, that's a lot of math. That's a lot of debt. No. <laughs> so that's when I said no to college. And I was like, well, maybe I'll go for screenwriting. And then I was like, I don't, I don't want to go for screenwriting. I just said, screw it. People obviously see talent in me. And, you know, Gray Delisle Griffin herself was like, you know, was the one also helping, pushing me, encouraging me. And I'm like, well, if Gray Delisle's, you know, encouraging me, then I got to go for it. So I owe a lot of that to her as well. That's awesome. Do you have any side of her? Are there any heroes or people you look up to in the industry? Oh, 100%. There's, I mean, there's like a lot because I have to be completely honest. Like the voiceover industry is so, so nice. So, you know, like amazing. I work for a company called Nerds Vote and it's like a bunch of voice actors encouraging people to vote. Courtney Taylor, um, Jack Mass Effect. Uh, she does a lot of video game stuff. Uh, I'm like trying to think of them all, but you know, like any video game, if you've ever played any video game, you know, Courtney Taylor. She took me in like all the time and has been so nice. Sissy Jones has been amazing. I'm the community manager for uh, her and Carmen Askernice's company, Temporary Legend. So, I mean, everybody's just been welcoming me with open arms and it's just been amazing to meet all of these people. That's awesome. Do you, I guess, switching back over to the TikTok side of things, is do you, I know it's, I don't know if it's just one single video, but like, when did, when did that start blowing up for you? Like, do it, was, you... it was Azula. I was originally, oh, okay. I was such a Katara girl when I was a kid. I was like, I love Katara. I'm going to be the next Katara. <laughs> so I was like, well, I want to do an avatar cosplay. And I asked my followers and stuff. I had a small platform at the time. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, should I, I kind of want a Katara cosplay. Where can I get one? They're like, nah, you're Azula. You should be Azula. And I was like, well, okay. And I did a little closet cosplay and that got that got a, a good decent amount i was like all right well i will i'll I'll keep going and then eventually i got a cosplay and then eventually i had to get two because there's such high demand for azula i was like well i need to watch this so um 
Yeah, I just, the Azula videos are really what started blowing up, and I just started as cosplay first, and then I was like, well, I, let me try her voice, and then, you know, I just started, just kept going, I did these Azula at a wedding videos where she would make a wedding toast to, like, you know, like, Aang, Katara, or, like, Mei and Zuko, and those were what really blew up, and then it just kind of grew from there. <laughs> That's super cool. Like, um, uh, cause I was looking at some of your videos and, and yeah, it's, it's your, your voiceovers are really good. So it's amazing that you're, it's just something you fell into. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's... So one thing I love to chat about on this podcast is figuring out, cause there's a, usually when, when you're creating content, you want to uh, use archetypes that people understand. And uh, and it needs, things need to be clear for for the audience. At the same time, you also want to innovate because you can't do the same thing over and over again. Um, do you find is that something that you encounter yourself where you're trying to do what works, but at the same time you want to take a risk, or how do you balance something like that? Yeah, I balance it by I keep giving what people want. You know, like I kept delivering the Azula content, and then I started getting into. Uh, so I for a while I was like briefly into like the whole Coraline scene. I did some Coraline cosplay. And then, you know, like, I definitely feel like you should take that risk and branch out into different things because you're right. Eventually it gets a little boring and then you become almost forgotten. So you kind of need to jump between or like balance certain things. So I've just kind of hopped between fandoms and I've kind of had that luck of like succeeding because I did after when, you know, I haven't done Azula stuff in a while. Sorry, y'all. Somebody has my costume right now. I'll get back to it. <laughs> so once Azula started kind of diminishing and like Avatar wasn't as popular anymore, I was trying to find a whole nother niche. And then I think that's when Mr. Crocker came in. And then I took a little break as Mr. Crocker. And then I started doing Owl House stuff. And then once I just started bringing Mr. Crocker back, so that blew up. So I guess apparently, you know, like I kind of give it a break because people kind of miss it. So I don't want to keep like shoving it all the time. So I like do it kind of like portions. Like I'll do like a lot of Crocker. And then once I see it starting to diminish, I'll jump into another niche and then I'll bring it back. I'll test it and see like, Hey, do people miss this content? And they do. And then sometimes people vocalize, you know, like people miss my Azula content. So as soon as I get that costume back, you guys. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So you can actually sort of see the data of when interest starts waning on a certain type of video and then you like switch over to something more fresh yep i mean tiktok's great where it's like if you're a creator account you can see like your analytics and everything and like you can see in the numbers too like the comments and stuff like that like if i were to scroll back i'd be like okay well that was really popular then but it, people are starting to get a little bored of this now so i'm gonna hop over to something else okay so i'm like very much a noob to tiktok but do, is uh are comments more of a tell than likes or views or how how do you how do you look at the data? Hmm. I mean, it depends on the context of the video. So there, there's a strategy that some people use. Like I did a Mr. Crocker video where it was like, it was another one that I went trending for. He said something like, eh, cross the French. So, and I was like, your second at is French. And then oh, there were a lot of comments, which bring people to the video, which make them like it and make them comment because, you know, people are like, ha ha, I'm French. So <laughs> sorry, French people. <laughs> And then, you know, like people just brings conversation. So I feel like drawing people into the comments helps, you know, like bring the comments, which triggers the algorithm to show your video again and, you know, which brings in likes. So I feel like people do like this clickbaity kind of thing. And I know I've been a victim of it. I've been doing it too. But it helps people, you know, come to your video and check out your profile. So that kind of thing works. <laughs> 
Okay, that's interesting. And speaking of speaking of the French, do you have? Sorry, curious because this is like a trend I've started noticing with the last few guests I've had on. Uh, do you have an international audience? Um, and if so, do you ever think about how content might resonate with them? I do think I have. I mean, most of my followers are from the U.S. I do have a few. I think like there's some from Germany and some from the U.K., uh, which is really cool. I honestly like haven't thought about like how different it might seem. I mean, I know there were some people like I guess you know like when shows release at different times. I've had some people talking to me about like how they're waiting for the Owl House or they have to wait more because of you know just like dubbing and everything but uh, most of it like a good chunk like 90% is the US that's interesting I had a I did a podcast like 12 or 13 years ago about game design Mm -hmm. and for some reason I was very popular in Brazil and and I don't know why (laughs) and I didn't know yeah I didn't know but I had like fans over there and I'd get messages from Brazilian fans I was like I was like, oh, thank you. I I wish I knew what part of game design <laughs> you guys want to know about, but I don't know what to do with this information. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so do you have, I know since we're getting close to, to the, the new year, are there any goals for, for 2023 with your, with your voice acting work? Hmm. Just to do it more, honestly. I want to do it more. I have, I've already knocked off the goal of doing a death scene, so you can listen to me is in mythology spotify's mythology is my first death pretty gruesome pretty gross so it was really cool <laughs> so that's knocked off um i've already voiced a villain um of course i voiced a villain so i guess it's just doing it more you know i want to do it more and i want to find an agency that's good for me i'm going to be very particular i know i shouldn't be but i want to be very particular about which agency to go to just as a diverse person you know that brings and you know like i want to know whoever's representing me is going to represent me right because i've had a few issues with influencer agencies so i don't want to make that mistake with voiceover oh interesting okay um i i also noticed that you you wrote a book of poetry yes i did Um, okay go ahead i wrote that gosh 2021 i think uh another pandemic thing <laughs> i was like all right well i'm stuck at home i can't do anything and i poetry's only been like the other the thing i'm good at there's only two things i'm good at english well english social media and acting i think that's what i'm limited to these days i was i probably would have been an english teacher if english teachers were like treated better you know like if teachers were paid better here but Poetry's always been something that I was just good at. And I'm working on a second book right now. But I went at the time when I wrote that book, I was not fully immersed in voiceover as I am now. So it's just been it's been tricky trying to be, you know, like with creating stuff consistently, being an influencer and then consistently auditioning with voiceover. And then it's just like, ah, the book's like my last priority right now. <laughs> OK. Uh, wow. The, yeah, I, I feel really bad about myself <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic because I didn't do anything at all (laughs) i didn't really do anything before the pandemic you know like i didn't have much of a life i went to school i worked and then i sat home so like this was my time to have a life to actually be productive (laughs) and do something so hey don't you know like some people relax during the pandemic i'm like great i relaxed all the time before so like this is my time to start working (laughs) that's funny uh yeah i mean there was there was no more fomo so that was nice (laughs) yeah so you have, I know everyone's path is different, you know, and, and usually, you know, any, every creative, they have like a different way of how they got where they are, but 
you have any advice for anyone who wants to be a, a social media influencer on, um, on maybe your biggest challenges were and how to get over them? Hmm. I feel like my biggest challenge first was finding, finding my niche and sticking with it even if you don't want to. Like you have to, I, you know, like there's some content that I don't always feel like making, but I will make it because it's, um, it's highly requested. So I have to think of it in the sense that, you know, like influencer stuff pays for some of my rent. So, you know, you have to think of like, you know, do the content, even if you don't want to do, you have to like do what gives the numbers, but also do what you love at the same time. And it may take a while for you to find your niche, but don't give up on it because it took me, it didn't, you know, I didn't hop on that app and like gain you know, hundreds of thousands of followers instantly. It was a lot of navigating and trying to figure out, all right, well, really digging into TikTok, like, you know, like what makes the algorithm tick, what makes it doesn't, and it's also constantly changing. So don't be so hard on yourself when one video tanks and stuff like that, because I've noticed that when one video goes viral, you might tank for the next week and then it'll bring you back. So just, just keep going, doing what you're doing and you'll eventually get end up on the right side of tiktok that's really good advice uh so before 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 we leave here i am curious about uh well i guess you kind of answered the zelda question <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a favorite video game of all time you know what i I don't play much video games and I need to just because, you know, like, I mean, I watch a lot of my friends are gamers. So, like, I watch them play just to, you know, take notes for eventually getting into video games for voiceovers. So, I really, I did like Legend of Zelda. I'm basic, but I don't like Zelda, okay? Okay? I, Zelda's not my favorite character. I would have to say Link or Rivali would be my favorite character. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Cool. So, where can people find you online? You can find me anywhere at Vox Infinity, Twitter, Hive, if, you know, if it's going to get its stuff together, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. That's pretty much where I am. Okay. It's all under Vox Infinity. Yep. All under Vox Infinity. Nice. It's very organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you a Virgo by any chance? No, I'm a Leo. Oh, okay. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Zelda, for, yeah. for joining me. Not a thank you for having me. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about this show, including where you can find our book, Blueprint for Fun, you can visit us at harbingeroffun.com. See you next episode.